Warning, the following podcast contains descriptions of violence against human beings and may contain descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is not suitable for children under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, fair listener. You have returned for the second part of the Amity, 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 Bill, 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 Horror! Beep, beep, <laughs> I really like your music there at the end. You should have seen the movement that went with it. I had a minor stroke just doing it. <laughs> he just passes out. All right, Dude, straight up hitting that high note. I'm not sure I'll be able to, like, you know, talk for the next six years. So, <laughs> anyway, welcome back, Paranormies. Mm-hmm. By popular request of myself, we brought that intro back for you. <laughs> I'm Zane. And I'm Kyle. And we're back. We're back, talking about the Warrens. Now, I realize that we kind of didn't finish with the Warren story, but it's because I really wanted to cover some of these more, I don't want to call them more interesting cases. Talk about the Amityville horror! (laughs) I'll get to the Amityville horror. I am the comment section! (laughs) You and the nosebleed, sit down. Shut up, I will not be silenced! The internet is my megaphone from which I pronounce freedom! Does everybody hear me? I am a social justice warrior. Uh, That's Zane in a nutshell, everyone. I guess we'll continue. Kyle, shut the f*** up. All right, just a brief recap. We talked about the Harrisville case, the Enfield poltergeist, the devil made me do a case, and, of course, Annabelle. Every time you say the devil made me do it, I can just think of, and this will be telling, there's a Post Malone song called Money Made Me Do It. And it goes, money made me do it during the chorus. That's all I can hear every time you say the devil made me do it. So I'm just picturing you every time like, and <laughs> the, devil the devil made me do it. <laughs> yes. I'm so fascinated by that story because there's so much interesting things to go into. Now, there are two major cases that I did want to bring up. One of them I wanted to talk about because I read the book not once, but twice because it was so interesting. And then the other one is... Probably the one that everyone wants to hear, but that's not the one I'm going to go over yet. Talk about the Amityville <laughs> horror! Uh, no, Zane, not yet. I'm not Zane, I'm the comment section! <laughs> comment section, not yet. <laughs> okay, so this other case I call the Snedeker House case, uh, because the Snedekers were the family, or the people that lived there. I'm pretty sure it's roundly accepted as the Snedeker House case, right? Yeah. Okay. However, a lot of people are going to know it because it was made into a movie called A Haunting in Connecticut. You know, in case you've seen that little film. Yeah. Now, that that film, there's a lot of interesting things in that film that are accurate, but there's a lot in that film that is not accurate. Like most of it. Like, in the film, there is... Um, like back in the olden days, there was a medium that came to the house and they, the guy used to have a, the house used to be a a morgue, which that is accurate information actually. But in the movie, the guy would take the bodies and cut satanic symbols on them and then hide them in the walls to help the medium reach their full potential. That never happened. Real quick, that's like the drug-sniffing dog of mediums right there. <laughs> Find the body! <laughs> Where is it? Where, good boy! Exactly. You found the rotting corpse! <laughs> exactly. Which, come to think of it, is actually exactly how they train police dogs. My gosh, I live in a bubble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yeah. So, um, the Snedekers, they were living in New York at the time, And their son was diagnosed with cancer. And so they had to go for cancer treatments in, obviously, Connecticut, because it's a haunting in Connecticut. I thought you were going to say Kentucky for two seconds. I was like, (laughs) no, Connecticut. Connecticut. (laughs) Um, And so the mom and the son that had cancer were traveling once a week, several hours, just for him to get his treatments. And Could the family like afford that? Was that like no, a like a hardship on it them? It was very a very large hardship on okay. them. Okay, um, and so they ended up finding a place that was very close to where his treatments were, and they decided to move in. Well, this place was a newly renovated morgue. Morgue. Now, what's interesting about this case, though, uh, this makes me sound like I'm doubting, but I'm not doubting because this case is so fascinating. No, that's that's to my me. job to doubt. Yeah, sorry. So we know you're okay. not doubting. Okay. Um, although this house had been renovated and sectioned off into different apartments, I don't... Just like a duplex, right? Yes, okay. but I don't know of any 
go, spiritual going ons anywhere else in the house. Now, but it was just so just the morgue. Well, just this section of the morgue. Just, so basically, like we're looking at a duplex. So it'd be like only half of the duplex has paranormal activity. I could see that. Okay, once again. I don't totally discount ghosts, but I could okay. see from the rules per se that we've right. laid down here right. that making sense. Think about it. You have the space that's been cordoned off. That was where the ghost, the person, whatever it is, was comfortable before. Right. It makes sense. It's the reason that you can have a haunted living room without having a haunted kitchen. Exactly. At least, you know, according to the rules of ghosting. <laughs> right. Well, and a lot of times you'll go into one section of the house and that's where most things will happen. Well, and oftentimes when you have scientific ghost hunters, i.e. people that want money so they just do stupid things and then film it. Yeah. Um, most of the time they do talk about EMF signals and they talk about cold spots, which are physically, you can feel them without equipment. Right. That's what I'm talking about when I think of like a space, you can feel a presence, right. that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I believe exactly what you're saying is because their section of the house had a basement and the basement was where the actual um, haunting in Connecticut cadaver <laughs> bodies were prepared for burial. So it was the morgue. Like it was it the was actual the morgue. Yes. In fact, there was, they called them French doors, you know, just like the two. Yeah. Like the big glass doors you yeah. have in, in any house where you're using it as an opening. Right. Yes. That was, there was a big section like that, that sectioned off, the table, the table was still in the house where they would prepare the body for burial. When you say table, do you mean draining board? Like yes. Like where they put the body up and pop them and then they they drain everything out? Uh-huh. Oh, and honey, look, it has its own draining board. <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not just the draining board, but there was also the blood pit. Nope, nope. Uh-uh, in uh, the nope, basement. Mm-mm, nope, I can uh-huh. deal with some things, but... You know, I could. You know, mm-hmm. I will take an unlevel foundation over. Yeah, honey, it'll be real nice when you die. I can just yep. pop you right down there. Uh-huh. Why not? Yep. So the book I read twice is called In a Dark Place. Um, it was not written by the Warrens. However, the Warrens were investigated or not investigated, interviewed um, for the book itself. So the oldest son and the younger son, the one that has the cancer, were living in the basement. That's where the bedroom was. They shared one. Okay. And when they would go to bed at night, they could see people moving on the other side of the glass. Spooky. And there was a guy down there that would yell at them and swear at them. And it just got to the point where the boys did not want to go to bed. And they would purposely watch TV till they could fall asleep in the family room so they wouldn't have to go downstairs and go to bed. What's interesting about that, though, is that they're only encountering malevolent spirits when there are so many spirits that are clearly there. Right. But it does actually lend some validity to the concept that we've come up with so far of people inhabiting the place where they either last were, where their worst experience was, things mm-hmm. like that. Because these people clearly, if, if we're going by the rules of our ghosts, they have nowhere else to be other than yelling at these kids in the morgue where they were interred. So my thought would be that those would be the kind of ghosts you don't want to encounter. And that's why they're at a morgue because mm-hmm. no one else, they have nowhere else they would want to be. Right. I guess it actually kind of lends credence to it. That's right. interesting. Yes. Now it does get worse. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But anytime the boys would complain about being downstairs, the dad would get furious and yell at them because he was still driving to New York for work. And so he would be out of the house all week and then come home on the weekends. Well, and he's putting a lot of money out so they can be closer for the treatments, right? Exactly. The the whole reason the move is for the treatments. Absolutely. So, you know, he's already financially strapped. He's like, I give you a house. I give you room and board. Uh And you won't sleep in your room because there's a spooky man behind the glass. Okay. That's exactly right. That was was a vet, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) No, luckily not. Um, then the mother, um, sorry, I can't remember names. She, we'll call her Patricia. Sure. Patricia. Her, her nieces came to stay with them for the summer. And while they were there, um, the son that had the cancer, um, started acting really weird. Okay. And, explain weird. Um, he would just like stand and just like in the dark and stare at them. And then he started hanging out in the basement where he was, did not want to be. And then all of a sudden he was now hanging out. Oh, good. There. So it's a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, seriously, that's exactly what I was thinking as I'm reading Dude, it. Dude, like that's like some like literal pet cemetery crap. Uh-huh. And he would do purpose. He would purposely try to scare his younger sister. Nope. And she when you say scare, do you mean like totally disturbing, eerie scare, like kill animals and leave them in her bed, that kind of spooky? Not or? that kind of spooky. Spooky, more like he would tell her, "Don't let the man in the room get you." 
and yep. just like scare Whoops. her. Nope, that yeah. gave me the chills just like right now. Uh-huh. Nope, Mm-mm. nope. And her nieces would would wake up, and there would be people in the room. They wouldn't be able to move. It'd feel like somebody was sitting on top of them and holding their hands down no, and wait, like, wait, covering wait. their mouth. Does it? Do they talk about like heavy weight on their chest? Yeah. So we didn't go over this in the ghost thing we talked about, but that's like a unique experience. Oftentimes, psychologically, it's it's uh, equated to sleep paralysis. Right. Um, the concept <clears throat> that you're being crushed. Um, like you feel like there's a heavy weight on your chest, but if it's accompanied by like physical manifestation or visible, not physical, visible manifestations, um, that's literally sleep paralysis defined, yeah. but it's being experienced by multiple people. Multiple people in the house. That is interesting. Um, and then when the dad finally finds work in Connecticut and so he doesn't have to travel anymore and he's finally staying in the house, every time he goes to bed, the bed just sits and vibrates. It just... That's a no feature. <laughs> all I'm gonna no say, putting some coins in. All I'm gonna say about a vibrating bed is nice. <laughs> Until it's not, because all he thought this was here bed is the sixty nine sixty nine. All he thought of it is that the neighbor's free refrigerator would be on and it would push against the wall and then make the wall shake, which would make the bed shake. Tell me right now, I just start shooting through the wall at that point. Right, and so he would get really frustrated. He started feeling that same presence sitting on top of him um holding him down and it was it would always happen near the same time every night and it was always when they were alone so when you say they were alone you mean him and his wife when he was alone it would happen when the wife was alone it would happen to her when the niece that was staying at the house i say niece and everyone's probably imagining like a third you know like a 13 year old no this girl was 18 it and by the way, because of the time frame, 18 is like 35 now, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically an Instagram model. Well, no, for real, though, if you look up, like, like if you ever see an interview with an 18-year-old in, like, the 40s, I'm like, yeah, we take at least another 40 years of production <laughs> to hit that point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, so they started seeing people standing in the front room now. It's not just in the basement, just like a silhouette standing and looking outside. So hold up. You just before this, and this might actually be a spoiler. So if we need to cut, no, you're fine. You said he and his wife both felt both felt it when they were alone. So his wife was also experiencing these things. Yes. And do you know if they could have corroborated on this? Did they end up benefiting out of this in any way? I don't think so. But that's where people are questioning it because they were having financial problems. So people are like, oh, they were trying to exploit it so they could get money because well, that they was were my immediate thought. Like, I mean, However, I would say your your kid has cancer. You're living in a crappy ghost house, mm-hmm. like. Even if it isn't haunted, you want to get out of there. I problem I see with my theory is how do you make money off that? A lot of people have the same theory, but that's my thing too. Where are you? Get, but they, but they think if they get interviews, if they get book deals, whatever, they could have okay potential money. You know, but I mean, let's face it, book deals is not instant money. It is you have to put this together. It needs to go to an editor, then it goes to production. I mean, it's it's a very long process. And remind us what year this was. Um, this was in the 70s, I want to say late 70s, like So it's definitely not nearly as instant as it would be today. No. Not by a long shot. It would no. be long haul money you'd be looking at, if anything. <clears throat> and you need instant money when your kid has cancer and he's going through treatment. Absolutely. So I, I don't know, okay. For the time being, I'm going to discount that it was to make money. I'm just I gonna agree. Put, I'm going to pull that off the table. I agree. However, because uh, uh, a lot of the cases that the Warrens investigated, people are like, oh, they were just trying to get money. The Warrens don't gain financial anything from this. In fact, most of their cases come from the Catholic Church saying, hey, these people are reporting this and they want a pol- or not a poltergeist. They want a they want an exorcism. And so they would send the Warrens over to investigate. So a lot of their money actually came from the church. It didn't come from them seeking these people. Well, but do they need money to bring a, a priest in? I don't know how any of this works. I'm no, not Catholic. They would, well, the Catholic would send them to investigate. I think they would pay for like their airfare while they stay there. And they I think had to they fly got... in a priest? Dude, no, you got would, some major hunting no, they would going fly, on. <laughs> they would fly the Warrens to like... Um, England or different parts of the country, like they would, f- the church would fly them these places yes. so they could investigate. This is priest makes up a lot of the fifth. <laughs> he is our master at exorcisms. <laughs> this was also the era of the actual movie, The Exorcist, and so everyone's like, "Oh, I'm possessed," and the church didn't want negative, um, just any kind of negative 
information. So going just to out clarify, there. it was kind of like the Jaws scare of the seventies, where Jaws yep. comes out and then like travel to the like shore goes down twofold. Exactly, it's the same concept, right? It's like exactly. you put it in their head. Now everybody associates the Catholic Church with exorcisms. Exactly. Why would you do that? Okay. So so we're not going to send our exorcists go to figure it out. We're going to send these people who no one has heard of or are ghost and paranormal investigators. And we'll let them decide. If they decide, they're going to send the Catholic Church recordings, filmings, pictures, whatever they can, saying, yes, this person needs an exorcism. So let me get this straight. The Catholic Church hired Ghostbusters. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly right. Priest, priest, we're having a terrible experience. <laughs> Please send a priest as quick as you can. All of a sudden, Bill Murray kicks down your door. All right, who needs holy water? <laughs> Exactly right. Now, I think they were a lot nicer than the Ghostbusters, but yes. Hey, Bill Murray's a freaking saint. <laughs> I'm not saying anything you know what, bad about think of it. Bill Murray's a saint. I guess it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so as things kind of build and build and the people start, or just the family in the house just do not want to be there anymore. And they're all fighting with each other because of the presence in the house and it's a negative presence and the son that has the cancer is not talking to anyone he's being just a normal teenager is what I'm assuming yeah that's well because like when you're talking about he's like hanging out in the morgue more okay bro it's not a phase mom this is who I am if we were to talk about if we were to talk about kids hanging out in a morgue you've been to Hot Topic before (laughs) (laughs) like that is a morgue all I'm saying is like yeah yeah, spooky if like if what I'm picturing which is this Kyle narrate Okay, I'm waiting to narrate. Oh, kids just standing in the corner. Light goes on. Light goes like on. That, that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, if it's if it's the spooky like stuff that you have in like like the movies, like The Exorcist. Yeah, that's all creepy. But if right. it's just a teenager listening to his records in a morgue, he's a teenager. And he started hanging out with another kid in the neighborhood, and they would listen to bad music and some of that Simon and Garfunkel, it. huh? <laughs> More like Ozzy Osbourne at the time. Ooh. And they would listen to it really loud, and the dad would get furious that they were listening to stuff. So they, they were, were teenagers. Stealing, yeah, they were stealing nudie magazines, things like that. So they were teenagers. Of course. Um, well, Burning down schools, you know, decapitating uh-huh. goats, the things teenagers <laughs> do. Oh, that was just me? <laughs> oh, wait, what? Drawing pentagrams on stuff. Right? I mean, I still do that. Yeah, what? what I just had a seance tonight, got some pizza, chilled with Satan, you know. Right, I totally get it. Why are, why are we, any, okay. <laughs> so basically, they're being teenagers. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, the mom is nervous about what's going on in the house and that the family is falling apart and... She makes friends with a neighbor, and the neighbor was over at the house, and it just randomly was like, like she was planning on staying for dinner, and then she just looked at the mom and she said, "Um, I need to leave. I'm sorry, I can't stay." So it's the neighbor. So the neighbor. No, yeah, this is the neighbor. So she leaves, and then the lady that lives there, she's like, "I, why did you leave?" Mrs. Snedeker, I should say. Why did you leave? As in, yeah, why she's are like, you why, leaving? Yeah, how come you're, you're leaving? We were going to have dinner together. And she's like, oh, I just need to go. And so a few days later, she's like, what happened? Why did you just leave my house three days ago? And she's like, uh, to be honest, I there's just something wrong with your house. I can't be in it. And so she's <laughs> like, I know. Very I live mom. there. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I live there. I know. I live there. <laughs> and so the neighbor actually says, hey, I, I saw these people in a magazine. You might want to try and get in touch with them. So the the Warrens had recently done an, Who you gonna call? an, an interview in, in a magazine. And ah, they, Catholics! <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not going to let this go. I'm sorry. I know it just not. blows my mind. Okay, continue. Yeah. So they saw... Hang on. I'll let you go back because I feel like it, that was a dumb cutoff. You're so good. they saw these people in a magazine. Are they like... It's the Warrens. Goes, oh, it's the Warrens. But they're yeah. like advertised as what? So it was just an interview and people were being skeptical like, oh, is this really happening? And so they felt like a kinship. Like, we're having this. Yes. Okay, and continue. we know you're talking about it. So they they... I don't know how they got in touch with the Warrens because it's not like their phone number is just and they're like, hey, call us. But they, it's the they, 70s. We'll make a montage. They found them. Right. <laughs> a montage. Da, 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 just, da, da, we'll, we'll, we'll have Rocky doing something, you know. <laughs> there will be a Russian and then a phone book and then Nicolas Cage will inexplicably be there and then they have the phone number. Right, exactly. This is how most of my dreams go. Okay, sounds great. Your dreams are really terrifying. If I kept a dream <laughs> journal, my friend, it could be a Stephen King novel. I'm actually, no, I don't really dream. I, I just kind of fall asleep. The drugs help. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so the Warrens end up coming over, and before they get there, they actually done investigations on the house and the location. So and the Warrens. Wait, 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 wait. 
The Warrens investigated this place before they lived yeah, there? Yeah, they did research Dude, before they went. big old nope. Okay, hang on. Picture this. You're the Warrens. You have this belief system. You roll up, and you're like, okay, these people need our help. No freaking way. It's the house. It's mm-hmm. the Margaret. It's the house. Well, it's not like they just... It's just when they were called and said, hey, something is going on in our house. Dude. They were looking at things going on in that area. Well, they come to find I out... I thought you were like, they knew? Because oh, I'd no. be like, they get the phone call. Yeah, there's things going on in our house. Yeah, we know. <gasps> we're on our way. Taunted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But they get there and come to find out, it, during their research, they found out that the owner of the morgue was having sex with the dead bodies that he was preparing for burial. Why? Can I just tell you real quick, like, necrophilia is just weird, man. Yes. Like, that's just some next level yikes. Mm-hmm. Also... <laughs> I feel like if Tinder existed during this time, (laughs) (laughs) you don't need Tinder. You got bodies, but like, what the? Yeah. Holy crap. So hang on. I don't remember details of how they found that out, but it was. Yeah. I was going to say who who came across that reaction right there. Um, I don't remember. Like I said, I've read it twice, but I don't remember specific details. And I was trying to find this information before it became a duplex when it was still a designated morgue, was a necrophiliac. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes, and he ended up dying in the house. And what they were guessing, but they couldn't prove, is that his spirit was being held back by a demonic spirit because of the things he was doing while he was alive by his necrophilia. I actually, because that was my next question. They, they've seen a man swearing at them. They've seen all this stuff. Was the guy gay? Do we know anything about that? Um, they said that he did, when it came to the necrophilia, he did not prefer a gender. It was just... Okay, bodies. that's interesting. So it could have been his victims then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the family ends up getting out of the house. Nothing follows them. They, they're totally fine. Um, but this... The haunting in Connecticut, like I said, is very fictionalized. Um, when reading the book, this was... I, I don't get scared when I read books because I can pace myself where I need to. This book was terrifying, and I would read it at night while I was like... When I, and when I say read, I do audible. I was listening to it while I was preparing food or whatever. And, like, I would turn around, and my back door, would like, the curtains would be open... Because we got one of those glass sliding doors, and I would just be like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like somebody's watching me," and I'd have to close it. And it just—it wasn't like I was scared, I was terrified, but it definitely gave me an uneasy feeling while I was reading it. I felt the same way when I read it in book form, because, like I said, I've gone over it twice. When Kyle, so Kyle actually gave me the book Helter Skelter. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome. Um, when I read that book, so I, I have a couple guns. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I read Helter Skelter, and I there's a gun pretty close to my bed that I sleep by, but not on. I'm not like, yeah, them comments are coming to get me. <laughs> I'm not at war. There's no one coming for me. But I sleep with a gun pretty close by. Dude, when I read Helter Skelter, I actually listened to audiobooks to fall asleep. And I usually read one of a couple books that I have that I really like that are about like the outdoors, that are right. descriptive. I was listening to Helter Skelter while I was getting stuff ready, and I was enjoying the way it was written enough that um I was just kind of like, okay, I need to I need to figure out what all this is. And I, you know, I had to keep listening. So I was laying there in bed, you know, not actually trying to fall asleep, but laying in bed listening to it. I lived in an apartment, by the way. That was a third floor apartment with security. So I actually felt very safe in that apartment. Like it was one way into our house. It was the front door. It was double bolted. It was a new apartment. It wasn't one of the doors where it's shaky. And dude, it spooked me. And so like, I know what you're talking about by like listening to him and like feeling freaked out. Yep. But this one sounds like a whole nother level. Oh yeah. But Helter Skelter, I couldn't finish partly because it was super confusing and I could not keep oh, along. I met with the stranger it. beside me, not Helter Skelter. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Continue. The stranger beside me was really good as very well. Very well written. I recommend everyone to read that book. Even if you're not into true crime stories, that book was so good. And I'll just say it, guys. There are good people out there like we've talked about. There's some creeps out there. And um, The Stranger Beside Me is a very illuminating take on who your neighbor is. We'll put it that way. Yep, I agree. Um, So that's basically the case of the Snedeker house. Now, like I said, the Amityville Horror is the most popular... Ed and Lorraine investigated story. Ed and Lorraine are just in a very small portion of this story. Okay, hang on. This whole episode's about them. 
Yes. But this story is very important to the Anne and Lorraine history, even though they're only a very small part of this. Okay. Okay. So, I actually did a report on this story. When he was 14. <laughs> <laughs> I was luckily, I was still in high school, but I was doing college credit. And ladies and gentlemen, we have an overachiever. We are going to jump into November the 13th. Two days after my birthday. Mike, will you do me a quick research and see if November 13th of 19... Will you do him a good research real quick there, Mike? 1974. (laughs) Was that a Friday? What day of the week was November 13th, 1974? November 1974 fell on a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. It's kind of hoping it would be a Friday. Friday. So I guess it was not Friday. It was a Wednesday. Ruining all of our dreams. <laughs> reality. <laughs> However, it was still the 13th, which a lot of people notice as a, an unlucky number. It's like always a good day for me, dude. I know, Knock me on wood. Too. Knock on faux wood. Do you know the history behind Friday the 13th? It's some medieval thing where yeah. somebody at some point had ye olde bad luck and they decided to make it a thing. No, it was... You're close. Um, it was the Knights of Templar... Um, I can't remember if they the were exemplary slaughtered. rapists that they were. <laughs> I, I don't know if they were murdered on Friday the 13th or if they murdered a village on Friday the 13th. But that's where Bloody Probably Friday both. comes from. <laughs> yeah, that's where Bloody Friday comes from. Okay, so jumping in. November 13th, 1974 in Amityville, New York. There is a man by the name of Donald, excuse me, Ronald. <laughs> Ronald DeFeo Jr., He's 23 years old, and he comes scrambling into a bar or a pub, declaring that his entire family and his parents have been shot. He came into the bar unannounced. My entire family is dead. Has been shot. Has been shot. Uh, That night, the police discovered at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville that the entire DeFeo family, including Ronald Sr., had been shot in their beds shortly after 3 a.m. Can I just say real quick, this case, because it is a police case. Yes. But this is a watershed case. So without ruining the story for you, what would you say if someone said to you while holding the murder weapon, I didn't do that? Because would, yeah. that is what f- happened. Yes, exactly. So tell us more. Okay. So, yes, you're exactly right. This is a huge story, not just in the paranormal field, but in true crime period. Um, So the victims, I'm going to go over their names. You've got Ronald DeFeo Sr. How old? 44. Louise DeFeo, 42. Don DeFeo is 18, so his younger sister. Uh, Another younger sister by the name of Allison DeFeo. And he has two brothers. One is Mark DeFeo. And he is 12. And then his youngest brother, John Matthew DeFeo. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Poor Mark. And it's Mark with a C. Okay, so it's unique. Poor Mark with a C. Tell us how the Glee Club was. (laughs) (laughs) The saddest part of this, or I guess it's not the the saddest because the entire story is sad. But one of the most interesting parts of this entire investigation is every single one of the family members that was shot were killed in the exact same position. They were all facing laid, facing face down in their beds. Um, the only one they can recognize that possibly had woken up was the mother, and it was probably after he had shot his dad. Those are not quiet. The uh, no. I actually I, I the crap I've read clearly um, said it was a twenty two pistol or a twenty two rifle. A thirty five is not by a long shot. That it's a big rifle with a big round Mm -hmm. there's actually if you get on marlin's website and yes i've been on it because i want one of them um there's (laughs) my dad's a gun collector i understand i see i'm not even a gun collector i just think it's a good gun to have but so they they actually have things on their website if you get on marlin.com if you look up their guns there are different like variations that say like what it's good for hunting Mm -hmm. um and it'll be like deer elk and there's like a picture um, this is a picture of a deer. There's a there's one called the 4540, and it's the biggest gun they make. It's they make it in a mare's leg too, so it's shorter. But it's a big, big round. It's a 45 government, uh-huh. and they're big guns. And it's got elk, elephant, and Tyrannosaurus Rex. Shut up. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Now a 35 is not that big, but I'll tell you something interesting. So you said they were all killed point blank range, shot to the back of the head, execution style. 
execution cell. In their beds. In their beds. And nobody woke up. They don't know for sure. But based about on the only fact one, that it would be the mother. But based on the fact that they found them that way, you would assume that, right? Every single family member was face down in the bed. Did he maybe make them get there so no. they didn't have to look at their own death? Possibly. But he reports saying once he started, he couldn't stop and it all went so fast. That sounds just like Dahmer. Yeah. Whoa. Once it started, he said it just happened, and all of a sudden it was over. It's spooky, man, because that yeah. sounds just like Dahmer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Because so, what I was going to say is with a thirty-five, you'd hear it. You would definitely hear Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I've shot 9mm without headphones mm-hmm. outside before, and it makes your ears feel vibrating. Like, you yeah. can't hear for a little while. Mm-hmm. Shooting a shotgun doesn't have that effect. But yeah. the, like, uh, my forty-five, I have a 1911, and it's it made, it actually almost blew my eardrum one time shooting it. For reasons that will remain unknown to our listeners, don't ask, I won't tell you. I at one point found myself shooting a 9mm inside a house, mm. uh-huh. and I couldn't hear out of my left ear for a couple days. So yeah. shooting a 35 indoor not only would make you like relatively deaf for a little while, everyone in the house would hear it, if not feel the concussion of it. It's The entire house was in the same position. That's insane. The, body, the, the te- toxology came back. None of them were poisoned. So it's not like they all were drugged and then slept through it. There were no... Marks of any anything being held. No or physical torn. marks. No on them physical other marks than on the shot. body of them being held down in any way. Now you mentioned one of them was not found that way, though, right? No, they were all found that way, but they have report that the mother may have woken up, and only that report comes from Butch or Ronald DeFeo Jr. They called him Butch. Came from him. Interesting. But I couldn't find in the research I did today. I couldn't find anything that he reported that she woke up. I wanted to pull this up, by the way. This is a thirty or a 336, 35 Remington. It's a Marlin. It was made in 1968. Um, I actually own this one. Uh-huh. Um, this is the exact gun. Potentially the same year and model. Um, it's not the crime scene <laughs> weapon, but this is what it looks like, just to give you guys some clarity on it. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not an assault-style weapon. It wouldn't be easy to maneuver around corners. It's a heavy gun. Um, anybody who's used a lever action that you can feel it, it's kind of a satisfying click when you pull it forward. But these ones are before they started using lighter materials. So just to move the rifle is actually a very heavy operation. Yeah. Um, I just, I can't get over the fact that they were all in the same place and they might've been asleep. That's craziness. Yeah. I mean, he could have been yelling at them and telling them to stay where they are. But I mean, if you, if I were to wake up knowing that gunshots had happened down below and someone walks into my room with a gun. They're going to get 17 rounds child, to the chest. I mean, anyway. I'm, I'm, who knows? I'd probably start bawling my eyes out if, if somebody did that to me today. But as a child, you know your parents are probably dead because they were the first ones that were probably taken know, out. If you're a kid, I don't think that's your first thought. I think your first thought is that you're scared of the guy directly in front of you. There's a shorter term. And of you need to get out of bed. So you uh-huh. think that they would st- sit up in bed and be like, why are you in here? What's going on? I don't but think they'd no. ask questions. I think it'd be scream and run. It depends, of course, on the kid. But Yes, absolutely. So the fact that all of the kids uh, from 18 to 9... We're all in the same position, asleep in their bed through the entire thing. That's where it's questionable, and it's so interesting. Now, when... But then he goes into the pub and says, someone killed my my parents and my family. And then he admits to it. To the cops later on. To the on. cops, yes. After they've already been in the house, looked around, and basically everything except for I did it is written on the wall. Exactly. And so Butch... Um, says that he killed his family out of defense. He said there were voices telling him that his family was plotting against him. Oh, working no and play makes pleaded... Johnny a dull boy. <laughs> Seriously, along those lines. He pleaded insanity during the trial. Although Butch had antisocial personality disorder and was an avid user of heroin and LSD, the persecution psychiatrist reported that he was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. And he fe- he was found to be guilty November 21st, 1975. He was sentenced to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. He is still in prison and his requests for parole have all been denied. That's crazy, man. So this dude goes, murks his entire family, goes mm-hmm. to the pub, tells everybody. Why would he do it then? What's the, you know, he said he's defending them? No, he says that he's, his family was plotting against him oh, and right. the voices so in the house were telling him. So it was for himself. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. And then the voices in his head, was he ever declared as a paranoid schizophrenic? No, nope, just, just he, they said that all he had was... Schizophrenian. <laughs> no, he had <laughs> antisocial personality disorder. But never, never schizophrenia? No. That's so weird because it makes me think of split. That's yes. what, that was my immediate thought. Now today, if he, because people have tried to interview him modernly... And he says, no, none of these things actually happen. 
But how can you go against? But what does he say happened? Then is he just saying I just killed my family? Whatever. Yeah. Like he had a nervous break or whatever and killed his family. I think what happened to that exact point you just made is he's kind of either made peace with it or he's like, you know what? No one's going to believe me. And I'm thinking it might be along those lines that no one's going to believe him because they're like, they're just going to say I have this mental disorder and that's why I did it. And so I think that's why he's just like, it it is what it is. My family, my entire family's gone and I'm going to rot in prison for it. Well, plus like, what do you have to live for then? I think that, okay, here's my personal take. It's entirely possible he heard voices in his head. I don't think it was a haunting. I think he had a severe mental disorder and he killed his family. And now he's been in prison so long that it's at this point sinking into him that he is going to die that way. And that even if he does die and he goes wherever his gods take him, he will not be happy because he's been separated from his family by his own decisions. Right. So I think the dude is just mentally screwed up. I don't know if I believe that it had anything to do with the haunting. I don't think so either. But we're actually going to get into that now. Because he was convicted and found guilty November 21st of 1975. Just a few weeks later, in December of 1975, the Lutz family moves into the house. There are people that should not be allowed to buy houses, and they are everyone featured in this episode. <laughs> what the Sorry, if Oh, there look, a... honey, it's the house where the massive right. quadruple homicide happened. <laughs> Let's go move in there. So I want you to think. They, they have bring this... the property value way on down, though. Absolutely. They're purchasing a massive house. It's got a pool. It's next to the lake. They have a lake house. They've got it's beautiful landscape area. It's in a nice area of town, and they're getting the house for eighty thousand dollars. If it weren't for this that pesky 80, quadruple murder, yes, this is eighty thousand dollars back then as well. So it's, I mean, it's, it's more now. It's, what what it's year still, is this? This was nineteen seventy-five. Okay, hang on. I want to find out exactly how much that would be in today's dollars. It says one college tuition. <laughs> <laughs> um. $80,000 in 1975 is equivalent to the purchasing power of about $382,117. So, so roughly about just what, shy of 400 k Yeah. In Utah right now. I'm, well, yeah, in Small some places. Homes, I should say. It, it's like the equivalent of like a new housing development out in the middle of nowhere. Well, not in the middle of nowhere, but on like a, a far edge of a suburb. Yeah. But they're getting... I, I still feel like that's a ripoff. I mean, you couldn't pay me But enough. in the area, but in the area, it well, was a really Utah, good deal. Having been just house shopping here, I can say... That would buy you, like, a four-bedroom house in a new development. In Saratoga. But, like, yes. I mean, in Draper, that would buy you maybe a, a garage. Like, it, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a fair amount of money. But, I, I like, this is my thing, man. $382,000 so we can live in the spooky triple or quadruple murder morgue house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair deal. But you have to remember, it's a nice part of town. It's, like, coveted. People want to live in this area of New York. Okay, fair enough. So it would be like if this happened in the Hamptons and the house was, like, $100,000? Yes. Okay, I can see that. So they move into the the house. They... It was sold for a steal of a deal. George and Kathy Lutz moved into their... Moved their family into the house, and they purchased the DeFeo furniture. So all the furniture from the DeFeos was still in the house for an extra $400. What the... is wrong with these people? Could we get the one that's bloodstained? Um, I would like to keep that bed, please. These are the kind of people that like. Th- th- these are the kind of people that shop at Walmart. Yes, but at the same time, also, we went to Walmart if today. I were to be shopping for a house, I'm like, I would never be able to afford this house. And I'm like, well, the only thing that bad that happened here is there was a murder. I'd be like, um, I will rip out the floorboards myself because this is a steal of a deal. Right quick, there was a murder and there's a freaking morgue in the basement, Kyle. <laughs> That's a different there's house. There's a morgue in the basement. <laughs> That's a completely different house. <laughs> completely different state, I've too. decided that there's a morgue in the basement. <laughs> no, but like, really, Matt, you, you, would, you would live in a house. So let's, okay, I'll give you a, th- uh, a hypothetical here. Super nice neighborhood. You've wanted to live there your whole life. You know, grade schools. Oh, but by the way, four people had their brains blown out in here because there's super not going to be hauntings here. You buy that? Yes. Oh, my God. Let me Kyle. tell you why. You would not, Kyle. <laughs> Let me tell you he why. Might. And that's what worries me. <laughs> I would. I would. And I would completely reno- renovate the entire house. Still spooky. I would take out all of, I mean, I'd take it down to its skeleton. Because you know yeah, that you're so buying I. it. I would burn it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly think I, it, All right, would, I, it would take me Settle a minute. Settle this for us, paranormies. Would you, given the opportunity, we'll say the house is discounted by 80%. Find a house in the area that you really like, discount it by 80%, but real quick, yeah, four people died in there. Four no, people got murked in let's there. Say six people, because that's six how many people. people in six people. We'll go with six. Six people got murdered there and oh also you know another 400 bucks you can have the furniture they died on why not i know hard no 
Please vote. We'd like to hear your results on this. <laughs> I would like to hear people's we'll, opinions on this. We'll put up a poll on our Instagram. Can we do that? Is that a thing? I don't know. Can you can put up that? a poll on Instagram, right? There's like a poll button, right? I think on Facebook. I don't know if Instagram does it. Um, well, I just want to Facebook millennials, guys. <laughs> Facebook is AIDS. Um, <laughs> we just we, want you to let we, us know what find, you would do. Send us, send us a text, 853-555. We need to have a text line or something like that. Anyway. Um, so because they know what happened in the house... They're, they want a priest to come and bless it. While the priest is in the house blessing it, he throws holy water for the first time in one room, and he hears a masculine voice demand, get out. I've heard this before, so not this particularly, but get out seems to be a fairly common phraseology from ghosts. Yeah. I feel like that's probably a fair thing to say. It's not their house. <laughs> right. Okay, continue. Exactly. Um... Now, the priest did not tell the Lutzes at that time. He just continued going around blessing the house. Now, the room this was in was the boys' room. Um, what are the two sons' names? The Jeffrey and the Jeffrey. Uh, Mark and John Matthew. Oh, it was in their bedroom that they heard the masculine voice. John, Did you say Mark and John Matthew? To our loyal office fans. <laughs> at one point, Angela claims to have had not just Dwight and Andy duel over her, but two other people when she lived in another state. Those people's names are John Mark and John Matthew. I am not making this up. Except for it's just Mark. No, she says John Mark and John Matthew. I know, but in the story, it's just Mark. Don't ruin my story. <laughs> it's, it's definitely connected. <laughs> Mark and John Matthew. They wanted to get That's all the of the saints is. in there, so they had to name one twice. <laughs> right, exactly. Um... But that's in there in that bedroom is where he heard the voice get out. So on December 24th of that year, so they've only lived in the house maybe a week or two. Okay. The priest calls and says, um, hey, yeah, by the way, I heard a voice in the bedroom. <laughs> you should know. And the, Side note. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just really, it's been weighing on me and I really wanted to, to tell you guys this. And the voice or in the phone cuts out and George doesn't hear anything that, he, that the priest says. This is why um, you don't buy spooky ghost houses. <laughs> Um, so Kathy was planning on making that her sewing room. Clearly they weren't in the house long enough to do something like that. If this was one of those cheesy documentaries, it would be like, little did she suspect it would become her dying room. Dun, dun, dun. But it would be done in like one of those annoying 80s voices. Little does she know that it would become <laughs> Ew, her I'm just like dying putting, room. I'm just putting together a horror movie compilation in my head. That room is the sewing room, but it's Ed Gein's sewing room. So it's, <laughs> he's not using fabric, he's using skin. We get the joke, you still rolling that. But I also did just picture Ed Gein in like a flowery apron whispering, like whistling while he's using one of those little like foot powered sewing machines like, <laughs> yeah, gotta I, make this for this. <laughs> exactly. You know that dude had a wicked sense of fashion, right? Oh yeah. A wicked one. <laughs> Someone kill me. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to go through the list here. Now, this isn't everything that happened in the house, but this is a lot of things that were kind of major. Um, George would wake up at 3.15 every morning, and he would go out and check on the boathouse. Why he would check on the boathouse? I don't know. I don't know if he heard doors Is the boathouse still there? Yeah. Like, did he hear doors slamming? I don't know. Good news, Margaret. The boathouse is still there. <laughs> It's Honey, it's not going to move. No, no. It's like the Great Pumpkin if you don't look at it. <laughs> but that's an interesting time because that's about the time that the entire family had been murdered a year So before. he got up, checked the boathouse, thought, why not? I'll blow my family away. Okay. Sure. Uh, the house was also plagued by flies despite the time of year because it's December. Dude, there's something eerie about that. Flies. I don't know what it is, but like, I, there's no real reason for them to no. be spooky, but like... I, well, I watched something, some horror film where I, like I said, I like Kubrick style horror films where it's more about like the thriller aspect of it. And they had a fly that was in the film and you don't notice it at the beginning of the scene. And throughout the scene, the fly gets louder and louder and louder until by the end it's very loud. But it's done in such a way that it's not till like three quarters of the way through it being like a third of the audio. You get to, you hear this like, like really loud. And then you're like, that's really disturbing. And then it doesn't go away. And the scene is very, very intense. But it's not, there's not a ton of action happening. But it's just like, like you just like feel it. There's something eerie about like, Absolutely. The, like it being infested with flies. All right, continue. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so they were plagued with flies. Kathy would have nightmares and started having nightmares of, the murders in the house 
and she would wake up from them and then she'd go in and check on her kids and she eventually found that her kids started sleeping on their stomachs while they were in the house. And they didn't before? And they didn't before. I sleep on my stomach. I don't. I sleep on my side in the fetal position. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> After I scream my dreams into a garbage can and fall asleep. <laughs> um, George also found a small hidden room behind shelving in the basement that was not on the blueprints. Yeah, nothing spooky about that. And he dubbed it as the red room. And uh, no, big ol' no there. Right. Does anybody have, if, if you're familiar, listeners, with the phrase, the red room, uh, it has a couple connotations. One Doesn't is the one we'll be discussing today. Okay. The other is that the red room is usually used as a term for torture. Um, often it involves BDSM. Um, okay. But the red room is like, a, it's like a spooky, like Dahmer-esque feel. Uh, if you haven't heard about Jeffrey Dahmer, plug, 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 we're going to do an episode on him. Um Suffice it to say, he loved people so much he wanted them to pass through him. But uh, <laughs> digestively, he wanted to absorb their essence. He he had he was a great dinner host. But either way, um, oh. but for real, that's super. He called. Did he just out of nowhere call it the red room? Like was that just um, his thing? I, I think so. Because I mean, who that? would tell him that? Who but would tell would he, him? What? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. But why did he call it the red room? Because it wasn't on the blueprints, and so it was just kind of the secret room. So it was the red room. Maybe, but like, why red? I don't know. Um, but that was the one room in the entire house that the dog would never go into. He never would approach it. He wouldn't get close to it. Which it is was... an interesting thing, because apparently dogs have an acute sensitivity to spirits. Once again, I'm the skeptic in the room right. here. But cats as well. Dogs and cats supposedly can like see spirits or like sense them better than we can. Um, from a scientific perspective, it's actually that they, at least in my understanding, can sense electromagnetic fluctuations, which do occur due to the, the Earth's natural radioactivity. Mm -hmm. You know, things, th sciencey, 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 science. But like most of the time, they're hearing a weird high pitched keening that we can't hear that's made by electrical mm -hmm. wires, things like that. Those are the explain aways. But they've also been known to fear spirits, to whimper and walk away from spirits, whatever you would refer to those as. But that's really interesting. So the dog wouldn't even the go dog in there. Were they, were they, was close. the family allowed in there? Was this one of those off-limits rooms where you find a head eventually? Well, or? no, I don't think the dad would. I don't think he, like, told them, you can't go in this room. But he, I don't think he told anybody about it either. Because, I mean, it was in the basement. And it was bricked up when he found it? Um, it just says it was hidden behind shelving. Okay, because I was going to say, was he just going at the wall with a sledgehammer yeah. one day? <laughs> and, oh, look, I found a room. Oh, look, here's where all the Indians were buried. Dude, for real. Like, what a... <laughs> Pet cemetery. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, every cliche film ever. <laughs> exactly. But what I'm thinking is it might have been a Prohibition era cellar. Um, it could have. That was my thought. But also, just the, the fact that he calls it the Red Room. Is creepy. What is that? Okay, Absolutely. continue. So there were also cold spots and odors. Now, when I say odors, these odors weren't just like, oh, it stinks. It smells like feces. It smells like sulfur, which if you remember from our first episode, smelling of sulfur is a demonic sign. At least according to demonologists. According to because demonologists, it, And yes. actually the reason for that, because I did look that up, the reason for the whole sulfuric thing is because fire, brimstone, etc. of the New and Old Testament. Okay. So it actually may or may not be accurate. Right. But it's one of those things where, okay, so everybody brace yourselves. Zane's about to go all religious on you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Mark this on your calendars, everyone. So my understanding of it is that essentially... And this is from Catholic doctrine and just kind of my cobbling together of this and trying to make sense of a few odds and ends. Um, basically, if you give the devil an in, he takes it. So if we say, hey, by the way, if you smell brimstone, the devil's nearby. The devil's like, hell yeah, I'll take that. I'll mm -hmm. work with that. So I think that it's a lot like that with demons. Like if they, if okay. you decide that this means the devil, they'll just be like, yeah, I can make that happen. You live on a natural brimstone deposit. We can increase mm -hmm. that. Cool, cool, cool. Got a body. Did it. <laughs> so um, I, I, it, it has become associated with it the same way the pentagram has become associated yeah. with it. The same way that the swastika, which was actually a Hindu sign of peace, is now associated with genocide and race war. Yes, but the pentagram was also a sign of peace. Exactly. So I, I personally think that a lot of these signals of the devil or signals of demons mm -hmm. really come from a human standpoint that has Agreed. been altered. So continue. But I agree with you where the, where people decide, oh, this is, this is a sign of Satan. So Satan's like, yep, I'll take you up on that. Which is why I listen to punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I why I listen to pop music. 
I mean, T-Swift is the devil. <laughs> Just waiting for Zane to stare a hole in my face. Shut up, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> so there were cold spots, and without the windows being open, and they would smell sulfur or fecal matter without having any piping issues. So I'm wondering if the fecal matter thing was because of the red room, if it had been dug into, like, a sewer line, because it's Maybe. clearly not a coded part. It's outside the codes of the building, and if it was a... Um, uh, like a, not a distillery, but like a hiding spot for prohibition or, or for some other illegal substance. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. It could be tied to the Red Room. I, I think it's tied to the Red Room. I think it's a physical manifestation of something happened in the Red Room, whether spiritual or just the fact that you drilled into a sewer line. Right. You know what I mean? Um, George would also wake up in the night to the sound of doors slamming, and he would go running down the stairs because, you know, the front door would slam. Everyone would still be asleep, the dog would not have moved, and there was nothing. So loud banging sound happens, no one is affected by it. What Other does than that George. sound like later? Loud banging sound, only George hears it. That's some spooky stuff. Yeah. Okay. You know, that part alone, I wish my house was like that. <laughs> so you could sleep through it? Yes. <laughs> Soundproofing. Um, but that's I mean, how you die. <laughs> many, many other things happened in the house. A few notable ones were uh, they found hoof marks. Hoof marks as in a pig hoof marks. Not a goat. In the house, yes. Because goats, once again, commonly associated with the devil. Really, it's because some medieval peasant saw a mm-hmm. goat's horns and thought, hey, I like it when the Catholics show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come bless this goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the youngest daughter, uh, the Lutz's youngest daughter, made a new best friend, an invisible best friend. It was a pig. Yikes. And the pig's name was Jody. And one day, Kathy was closing a window upstairs, and as she closed the window, she could see glowing red eyes looking back at her. Nope. I don't know if it was in the reflection of the Hard glass pass. or if it was outside, but yes. Um, there was. They would have green ooze seeping from the walls. And the walls will ooze green <laughs> slime! Oh, wait, they always do that. Oh, wait, is this the... Are you sure this isn't a modern story with all the slime stories also, out there? Also, the walls oozing green slime, that's kind of funny because... Um, yeah. There's a SpongeBob episode called The Hash Slinging Slasher, <laughs> where um, SpongeBob, okay, this is actually on, ta- or on topic, I promise. So there's an episode where um, they have to work the night shift, SpongeBob and Squidward. Okay. And Squidward starts talking about um, this, makes up this horror to scare SpongeBob because SpongeBob's being annoying. Yeah. And uh, he's like, first, he like gives him this list of things that will happen before the hash slinging slasher shows up. <laughs> and he's like, first, the lights will flicker on and off. He goes through all these things, and he's like, and then they start happening, and he's like freaking out, Squidward. And he's like, the walls will ooze green slime! Oh, wait, they always do that. So, <laughs> when you brought that up, I was like, it's the Krusty Krab. They're at the Krusty Krab. I know what this is. <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> but one of, another majorly notable thing is there was a crucifix on the wall that Kathy watched it turn it upside It turned upside down. down. No! Yep. That's, and, that's another, and like, totally common, after, de- like, devil thing. Yes, yep. and then shortly after, there was a putrid, rancid odor that oozed from the crucifix. Is it from supposed to be, like, the smell said. of dead bodies? What are we getting I don't here? know. I don't know. She doesn't say. She just said it was a rancid odor. You gotta so, watch that crucifix. They were all so terrified that they fled in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's spooky. Mm-hmm. They left everything. So he finds the red room. He's like, he is he doing anything weird at this point? Or is he just well, kind of freaked out too? In the movie with Ryan Reynolds, which is the only version of the 17 movies that I've seen. So it must be true. He ends up chasing the family with an axe trying to kill them. So, okay. I mean, they were trying to portray it as, oh, but then they all escape in the, on the boat and they never want to go back because the house does things to you. That part of the story never happened, but they did flee in the middle of the night, leaving literally everything behind. They left food in the fridge they left like all of their clothing they never went back for it so because this happened um it started to get really big and so what and, happens to their stuff do they just leave is it still there no the ho- the house is owned by other people now and no one has ever reported anything happening since the lutzes so is it the lutzes that are haunted i don't know um but after they left they ended up writing a story and the story or writing a book and the book is called the Amityville horror and it tells in detail everything. And George went to his grave saying that all of the events in the book were mostly true. And after five different lie detector tests, George was proven to be telling the truth about everything. 
Yikes. Yeah. I've taken a lie detector, lie detector test and I was so nervous. My palms are sweaty and they have sensors on there to see when, you're, when your fingers get sweaty. I think if I took a lie detector test, I would just try to be as nervous as I could just for kicks. Like, what's your name? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. No joke. Like, I would crinkle my nose and he's like, don't move. You literally cannot move the entire thing. He's like, but isn't there like a lot of science that says that it's a pseudoscience, the lie detector test? Yeah, like it, you can't take a lie detector test to. They're not admissible in court, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't so, take it to court. I mean, granted, in the 60s it was law, but like in the 60s we also convicted a bunch of people for rape that didn't do it, and then we got DNA evidence, and they were like, oh. Yeah. Well, he's already dead, and the other guy died of natural causes after mm-hmm. a long, fulfilling life. Cool. Exactly. So he takes five lie detector tests. Great, but. Someone else owns the house, nothing's happened. Multiple people have owned the house since then and nothing has happened. Okay. So people who have lived in the house said, uh, they're completely crazy, nothing ever happened. Now, because these events were now drawing so much immediate attention, it started bringing paranormal investigators as well. uh, Paranormal investigators. Quotations around all of it. Continue. (laughs) The Warrens were among those to come and investigate the Amityville house. Uh, Lorraine walked through the house and confirmed that there were presence of spirits in the house. Um, But none of them were dark and malevolent like the Lutzes have claimed. However, she said it was possible that there were spirits that could have been there that she did not sense. I mean, you have to remember, her clairvoyancy is not a science either. Because so it's, it's literally not like she walks in the house and goes, I can see all 4,000 spirits that are in here. I mean, if they want to hide, they can hide from her. Well, she's so she's basically a legitimate medium. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and remember, she's not seeing spirits. She's feeling their presence. She's, I mean, what we learned in last episode is a clairvoyancy is more uh, just the sixth sense to sense the world around you. So she knows that there's spirits there, but none of them are supposedly malevolent. None of them would have done those things. Right, yeah. But there's she's, no pig spirit there. Yeah, but she's saying, I'm not saying that they're not there. She's just saying that she did not sense them when she was walking So the what house. do we think then? I mean, what what happened? I did the, did the oh my gosh, I, the Lutzes piss off something? Did they perform satanic rituals? What were they doing? There was no, nothing could ever be proven as to what was happening. Because it seems like it had to be the Lutzes. Because they're, yeah. they're the key factor here. It's kind of like every album Taylor Swift's ever written. Sorry, honey, it's not them, it's you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, it's a terrible analogy, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even though the, the Warrens came out and said, yeah, we investigated this and there's spirits in that house and people have been trying to prove them wrong this their entire career. But it's a he said, she said. That's exactly. the problem. You're never going to prove them wrong. And the Warrens are like, you know what? Believe what you want. We're still going to do the work that we're doing because it helps people. Um, but something that's interesting is during the Warren's visit to the house, they had taken several photos as part of their investigation. There is a picture that is developed showing a small boy with glowing eyes peeking around the corner of the staircase of the camera. Glowing. What color? It's a black and white photo. But, but are they glowing white or are they like dark? Like where, I know this sounds stupid, but like glowing black where it's like the, like the eerie black. white. Interesting. Okay. I'm sure you've seen this picture. Well, because I'm wondering if it was one of the, like, we will talk about this. The, dark the black eyed children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't one of those. His eyes are actually like glowing. But it looks like, you know, when you take a picture of your dog and their retinas reflect back at you. That's what I'm picturing. That's what it looks like to me. Um, but and there's a it, kid. Have they checked to see if it's doubled or if it's uh, it's not double developed? Nope. Is that what the word is? Double exposed. There double, we go. double exposure. Nope, it's nothing like that. But you can see him just... But it looks like he's hiding, almost like he's playing hide and seek, and he's looking to see if you see him, you know? It's he doesn't like look, you can but it's barely not see him. Like, if you were to just glance at the picture, you'd be like, why is this picture of a staircase here? You don't see him unless you're looking for him. Does he look malevolent? Nope. It's just like a little kid peeking around the corner. Interesting. This photo was not released to the public until 1979. So this happened at the end of 1975. And then they went in and investigated. So they held it onto it for probably about four years. Without any release to the public. Years. Without any so release it doesn't, to the public. Uh, it doesn't help the, the Lutzes in any way for this to happen. No. Interesting. I mean, it helps kind of prove that there's Well, sure, but something. monetarily, there's no gain. No. Um, and after the photo was released in circulation, people still to this day question its authenticity. Um, although the Warrens have been under scrutiny for several years, I say several years, but let's face it, they've been doing this for 50 years and they were under scrutiny, scrutiny, thank you, um, for the entire time they were doing it. 
there's always going to be skeptics out there. I'm not saying I believe in this wholeheartedly, but I do believe a lot of the things they were doing were benefiting other people. Um, they continued to help people uh, because, and they said it was because their calling, it was their calling in life to do it. Can I just add my two cents here? Yeah. I think, having heard the evidence, uh, I think it's a sham. I, I don't think that you can be a paranormal hunter. I think people can randomly have paranormal activities happen to them because of specific experiences. Uh -huh. What I think the Warrens offered was validation to people who have had very traumatic experiences with those things. More than real scientific help, they offered them somebody who could say, I've been there, I've done that. They're basically counselors. And I can appreciate them for that. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't think that they had an ability to see into the spirit realm or or anything to that effect. I do, once again, Zang going religious on you. <laughs> I think that some people do have kind of an innate closer sense for when spirits are about. Yeah. I don't think you can use it and turn it on and off like a like a faucet. Well, she do, and that's the thing about Lorraine is she didn't turn it on and on. It was always there. It's just, did she, was she listening at the time? I mean, think of it, if you're in a crowd and you're constantly in that crowd and there's always things going on, you have to tune things out to focus on what's going on in your day. And if you stop and listen to what the crowd's telling you, then you can hear what's happening. I think it was more that. It was more tuning out rather than turning off. Okay. Um, I mean, but I agree with you. Yeah, no, I think I think that there's I think there's truth to what you said for yeah. sure. But they eventually retired from their work as demonologists, and, but they were still con, um, consultants with Nesper. Um, Nesper. And its team of investigators. Uh, but sadly, on September 23rd, 2006, Ed died from a heart attack. Uh, but Lorraine continued um, on her work without him, just helping with interviews, talking about things with people. Um, she, with the first two Conjuring movies, she was actually on set. And um, that's interesting. I can't. I couldn't see that. What the actress that plays her in the movies? Uh, something Farminga. I can't remember her. First I just. Name. I have a hard time picturing somebody who I think of as like a like almost like a medical figure. Mm -hmm. Helping out with something like that. I know that she was probably there trying to lend authenticity to it. I, That's, no, I could see that. I don't know if it's necessarily just that she was giving her two cents. I think they just invited her there like, this is your story. We want you to come and see the backgrounds of it. But like, she, really didn't her... give it she really didn't give two... After the story or the script was written, she really didn't give two cents. I think she's more like spooky Mother Teresa, though. That's kind of like how I picture her. Yeah. And so my thought would be that she's probably there to just be like, okay, this is going to be a blockbuster. I will do everything in my power to keep it from becoming something it's not. That's yes. probably what she was doing. Yep. Okay. I could, I could definitely see that. Okay. Um, and she went to all the the premieres, everything. Like, she mm -hmm. was there, and I think they made sure that she was Cause I could well see paid that. from these things. Yeah. Um, sadly, though, she died on April 18th, 2019. Oh. Um, but their work still continues for their son-in-law. His name is Tony Spera, and he worked with the Warrens for over 30 years. But he now um, pushes through and keeps uh, Nesper, Nesper? <laughs> Nesper alive. Uh, let's just go over that again. It's the New England Society for Psychic Research. And if anybody's interested, go to warrens.net, and you can get on their website. Yeah. Is it warrens.net? It's warrens.net. Um, that is actually where I got a lot of this information and the demonologist, the book. So definitely I recommend reading that book and hear their own words. And so you can make your own assumptions. Well, I don't know if anyone really believes these stories. I would be so fascinated to hear what other people's personal experiences are to see how in line they go with these stories. Or maybe you know an Ed and Lorraine story that we didn't talk about on here or have never heard of that we would love to hear. Um, so definitely email us those stories. All right, Kyle. So you've told us about the Warrens. You've told us about all these places they just happen, not happen to be, but they show up. Mm -hmm. All these hauntings, some with murder, some without. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but I, I'll say this. I personally feel like the Warrens are... They're more of a, like a counselor. They're, they're there to tell somebody, you're not crazy. We believe that this stuff's real. We're validating you in your opinion, and we're here to talk with you. But I do not for a minute believe that there is anything remotely similar to, like, somebody who can seance with the other side or who can sense spirit beings or anything like that. So I'm going to give this overall a thank you for being there for people who have had traumatic <laughs> spiritual experiences, but you are not demonologists. That's my two cents. I get where you're coming from, and I agree with you to a point. Again, I, I, these cases that we talked about, I don't know how 
involved the demon was or demons were in them or the devil himself over 10,000 cases they've definitely seen a lot and I think they've seen more mental illness rather than actual demons but I don't want to say they haven't actually faced demons which brings us to our sponsor Medical drugs. <laughs> no, I can I can see where you're coming from there, Kyle. Um, we like to do this. We end on a, a bit of a dark note occasionally, so I wanted to bring something light to this. Um, a lot of the cases we talked about today, in my opinion, and some of them in Kyle's, are severe mental issues. If you or a loved one are suffering from it, you're not alone. You have your everybody has their ups and downs, and there are people out there to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're having thoughts of harming yourself or others, there are hotlines. Um, We'll include a list of those on our next Instagram post for anybody who needs them. Please reach out. There are people who care. There are people who love you and are concerned about you because they love you. So if you're having those thoughts, please make sure you reach out to someone. There Mm -hmm. are options. That's what we want to close on today. You are cared about. You are loved by your favorite two paranormal guys (laughs) and our famous director, (laughs) Michael. Thank you for sound direction, Mike. Yes. I've been Zane. And I've been Kyle. Don't engage with the spirits in your home. Don't buy a house with a morgue in the basement, even if it's free real estate. (laughs) To keep up to date on what's happening on the podcast, follow us on Instagram at guysparanormal. Also, if you have any stories you want to share with us, email us at pnormalguys at gmail.com.